fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is To, to Alan and back. back. And we're back. We're back. We've gone to Alan. Now we're back. Did you miss us? I missed you. <laughs> I missed you guys too. Even though I popped it on the Junkie podcast every now and then. Because I, I had feelings. I missed watching this show <laughs> exhaustively researching things mm-hmm. and taking notes. Yeah. I didn't miss that. Well, you actually took I took like a break from the whole franchise, whereas I've I been did. spending just as much time with it as ever because yes, of my recaps. So yes, you are. And that. I have to tell you, those recaps are just my favorite thing to do every week is read those recaps. Thank you, Carly. I appreciate it. I, How it's little like, we've changed since 2008. God, it's like 10 years ago all over again. <laughs> it is. I know. Um, I love it. And people are commenting. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. I love big it. Big fan. Um, also a big fan of Drew and Annalisa, who have been holding down the fort here they sure pretty have. spectacularly. With eight weeks of Generation Q. Mm-hmm. And it's been delightful. And we've loved them. We and love we them still dearly. love them. We continue to love them. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to love them in the future. Mm-hmm. So All now you've got our voices back in your ears. Hello. Hello, ears. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ears. <laughs> I'm on my second caffeinated beverage of the day. I'm doing great. Mm. Today's episode is uh, 306, Life Size, written by Adam Rapp and directed by Trisha Brock. Uh, we last mentioned Trisha on the Lesboat episode from season two. That was her last L Word directing job. She is a prolific television director, very talented. Prior to writing this episode, Adam had written an episode of The Jury. I don't know what that is. And the movie he Winter served on a jury. Passing. So we both thought Adam Rapp was Anthony Rapp. I've yeah. actually thought that this whole time, like since the night no, I first saw that name on the screen in 2000. Same or whatever. I, I was absolutely like, thought. Oh my god, Anthony Rapp. You know, no. Mm-mm. Anyway, <sighs> anyway, we have a very, very special <sighs> guest so special right guest. here in the kitchen with us, folks. Please welcome to the pod, Jess Tom. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here, all the way from New York. You know, they flew out all the way just for us, just to do this. I was like, <laughs> you, you know, imagine? episode three hundred six of the L Word <laughs> needs my point of view <laughs> and my perspective. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment for me to do it. Yeah, Incredible. it's never too late. And I will say, uh, for the record, I too thought that Adam Rapp was <laughs> the guy from Rent. And I too came prepared with a bit for that. <laughs> that Should now we all do is our just utterly just, useless. Well, I was going to talk about how he went to my high school, how he's gay, <laughs> um, how he's on Star Trek Discovery, which is a very underrated program, mm-hmm. um, where he plays Wilson Cruz's boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, or husband, I think. I love Wilson Cruz. Yeah. I think he's a, a delightful, like highlighted blonde. Yes, mm, yes. absolutely. Yeah, yes. I think that's great. I love I love an ally. <laughs> I love a, a gay man who plays an ally mm-hmm. in a gay production, yes. writing for a lesbian TV show. I was <laughs> yeah. like, everything about this totally works for me. I yeah. guess it doesn't work anymore. No, no I doesn't. guess it was something all three of us invented in our minds. Just yeah. a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, I am uh, indeed visiting from New York City where I am a stand-up comedian and, as I mentioned earlier, a classically trained actor, which <laughs> you can't see the um, hand motions that I'm... The there are dramatic hand motions, hand motions and I'm they are making. dramatic. It, it is high drama for me. Uh, <laughs> yes, and um, famously 
medium big on the intersections of dyke non-binary trans and Asian Twitter. (laughs) Which is like, what an intersection, you know? And like, also, all of those Twitters are very good. Yeah. They're good Twitters. Prolific. I love Twitters. Delightful Twitters. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Twitter fan, too. I love it. That's that's my thing now is that now I come on as a podcast guest and I just brag about my own Twitter. That's what I like. I love your Twitter. It's yeah, great. Your Thank Twitter you. is hilarious. It's Thank hilarious. You. This is yeah. what every single podcast episode with me on it is like now. The I hosts feel like just when tell I, me how much they love my Twitter. Yeah. No, I feel like when I first found your Twitter, my Twitter just became me retweeting your Twitter. I know, same. Because I've I never like written a good tweet. So I just have to find other people. I've had maybe two ever, but... I do think I had one, but I can't remember what it was anymore. Wow. I'm mine. so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, what we got is, you right where we want you. What would you say is your L word origin story? Okay, <clears throat> let's get into this in a couple of <laughs> levels. Let me say first that the L word is not really part of my formative queer lexicon, although I did kind of grow up on the timeline with it. Mm-hmm. Like I was already gay in like 2004, 2005, around when the L word was happening, but I didn't have Showtime, so we didn't watch it. So my interactions with the l word have been i used to watch sex scenes cut from it on youtube Mm -hmm. back in the day when you could still have like softcore porn on youtube Mm -hmm. um that was very formative for me um not the show but the sex (laughs) just the sex scenes on youtube exactly and um then the first time I ever really watched the show was uh the first year that I lived in new york so this is like 2013. I was right out of college. It was the first year I didn't go home for Christmas. So I stayed in New York with my roommate, also a lesbian. Um, and you went homo for Christmas instead. We, <laughs> Whoa, Reese. Thanks. Nice. We watched through like the first and like maybe half of the second season of The L Word. She like roasted a chicken. She's Erica. <laughs> she's awesome. She's um, a writer a little bit older than me. And like we had this very sort of like dad son type relationship. <laughs> So she like made this chicken and we ate it and she like watched me open presents (laughs) that I had like acquired from somewhere and we like talked about our dads (laughs) and that was uh that that was like really the most of the L word I've ever watched incredible so you have but you have watched it all now or no no I haven't so I am coming into this with fresh eyes nice I have like enough base knowledge to sort of understand who certain people are and kind of what their relationships are. But a lot of this, like this was the first time I ever watched this episode. Okay, cool. And had you watched the ones that came before it? No, but I I will (laughs) say I did. um, Once I realized that the episode right before this ends in that uh, poolside sex scene, which was one of the sex scenes I watched on YouTube, which was was extremely formative for me. Like literally I think about it sometimes like totally divested from the L word as a franchise. I'm like, oh yeah, that side pool strap on sex scene. Um, I've been listening to the Estero song on my gym playlist. I've it's had on, sex it's on that my song. I've watched that scene probably more than any other scene in the series for sure. It's the best. It's just, it's, it's just great. so good. Yes. Well, I made my friend who was watching the episode with me last night go back and watch that scene before that. Like once it showed up in the recap, I was like, whoa, 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 that just happened. <laughs> I have to see that. Yeah. Like, can I see it as an adult? And um, still hot. Yeah. Still yeah. Hot. It holds up. Sure does. I was like, I wish you could tell uh, what harness Shane was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would have been helpful to 
so many of us at home so many yeah, of in us. such a formative way yeah i felt like it was like something that some leather worker in portland made for shane oh probably <laughs> it was like the shane because it looked like it had like yeah. bu- like the you know it didn't look like it had velcro stuff it looked like it had like I don't know. It looked Snaps. like leather. It was yeah. definitely Flaps. deerings. Definitely deerings. Definitely yeah. leather. I would. I would uh, believe that it was bespoke mm-hmm. for yes. Shane specifically. <laughs> I did think that something very revealing about that is that Shane wears um, g-string style <laughs> harness. Yeah, that's not true. jock style. And yeah. I was like, okay, interesting yeah. choice. Two thousand seven or whenever we are g-string yeah, style. Another piece of evidence yeah. that's bespoke is I think that Shane is very thin, and in my experience, it's hard to find strap-on harnesses Mm. that are that small yo okay real talk the person that i'm uh dating right now literally used an awl to put new holes in both (gasps) my and her harnesses because they weren't too big yeah so now my harness is also bespoke Right. Queer culture is owning an all for sex It truly reasons. is. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. truly Definitely. is. Also yeah. for stabbing a vampire. <laughs> Which is super relevant to this episode. It sure is. Although Uda does not make an appearance, no. we hear about her a lot. We She's do. in it briefly. She shows up for a second. Like a hot second. So I know you didn't watch all the, the of the episodes, but were there any characters you particularly liked in any way in any fashion do i like them that's a good question <laughs> any any that were hot or that you related to or i mean that you wanted to kill i think i like bat but i think everybody likes bat and i think everybody likes jennifer beals like i think mm-hmm. that that's just the thing um well yeah we'll get into shane <laughs> shortly because obviously we're going to talk about that oh yeah mm-hmm. um all right should we get into this episode Mm-hmm. Okay, but first, I think what it would probably be a good idea, because I haven't watched an episode in a hot minute, is to quickly recap where we are in season three, since it's been a few weeks for us, as well as our listeners. Yes, build this universe for okay, us. Okay, I'm going to build the universe. Here okay. we go. Season three, so far, the first five episodes, let's see what's happening. Helena bought a movie studio. Bet yeah. and Tina are... On the rocks because on the rocks. Tina is having feelings about men, specifically Daddy of Two. Daddy of Two, her internet friend. A little pre-cum squirting out. <laughs> <laughs> you know just remember i do i do I'm i have a little pre- remember i have a little pre pre comes yeah. squirting out. and i remember okay just checking. uh alan cumming joined the cast of the show That's billy blakey um max is a character on the show max is jenny's friend from the midwest jenny is back max is here mm-hmm. uh carmen and shane are dating but after last week's episode things are not looking great there yeah uh what else what else uh, um, alice is going crazy about her breakup with dana alice has now lost she's her mind. finally on the up and up now she's she da- dated a vampire. vampire and now is feeling great mm-hmm. um kit starts to have maybe a thing with bet and tina's nanny a guy nanny. named angus mangus mangus the manny mm-hmm. um what else tina works for helena now at her mm-hmm. movie studio that she purchased mm-hmm. uh dana and laura are still together dana found a lump in her breast and is going through some stuff that went to Washington almost yeah. fucked a senator it was great uh, Jennifer Beals is pregnant and they're trying to cover it up by and getting her really into meditation and they're doing a terrible job <laughs> of it yeah or did you know, she had like 10 library books this time so that it's it could like cover her whole stomach constantly yeah. and hiding behind stuff yeah. um, <laughs> Shane works at a skate shop but yeah, Shane as, for a hair, wax. as a hairdresser <laughs> yeah Shane for wax and Sherry Jaffe showed up out of the blue sherry peroni sherry peroni and they had a classic hookup at the end of last week's up ep- the last the previous episode mm-hmm. 305 
classic L word sex scene number one. Mm-hmm. Pool sex. And that brings us to the beginning of this episode. We open in New Haven, Connecticut in 1984 at Yale. Yale University. Where Bette is is with Coleman, who was um, getting a tire. He was grinding a tire. Grinding a tire the last time we saw him. And now he's with Bette looking at pics of art pics of naked men. Yeah. Uh, Maplethorpe photos. Yeah. Um, This is really the moment we've all been waiting for because it's the moment where the chart flashback cold opens finally intersect with something relevant to the actual cast of the show. Nice. Um, (laughs) So there's an actress is playing young Bette. Yes. That actress will appear later. She's in season five. She is getting married um, at a wedding that Shane is um, Um, doing the hair for. Yes. I but didn't realize that was here. She is playing um, young Bet, but they have Jennifer they, Beals <laughs> is doing the voiceover. So it's oh sounds- my god, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they dubbed her voice. It's uh-huh. so funny. And I didn't jarring. notice that. Yeah, oh wow, weird. I need to do a closer watch, and I watched it do twice you? even. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to stop you. Um, then they start boning. Well, also, young Bet Porter <laughs> is like full flash dance. Like yeah. I just feel like the wardrobe and hair choices were absolutely a nod to Jennifer Beale's role in Flashdance, which I feel like was a nice choice. Okay, what I loved about the boning <laughs> is um, young Jennifer Beals is wearing, or young bed rather, uh, she's wearing a shirt the whole time. <laughs> she like They're like, this is a straight sex scene, so she has to wear like a sweatshirt yeah. while yeah. they're having sex. <laughs> yeah. They're it's, both gay. They're basically, both gay. Is yeah, what they're both gay. Scene is about. Right. Um, bets into one of her professors. Also, Obviously. great soundtrack moment here. Christine by Susie and the Banshees is playing, which is one of my personal faves. But that's just me talking about music. And then we go to Charmin's. Shani Charmin's. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we get one of those cool montages where, like, it's morning and it lasts for 14 hours. Yeah. Love, Which I love that. They're the consistent show. with that in John Q. Yeah. Everyone forever morning. Forever morning. Yeah. Extra large morning. Extra time. large morning. That's what you called it. I was trying to remember it. Forever morning. That just sounds like a funeral. <laughs> Shane is creeping in after being out apparently all night. Creeping in wearing 14 wallet chains. Yes. <laughs> Do you think that she has the dildo like in her pocket? I feel like it's in the trunk of her car. <laughs> I I really think that this show and this is going to come up again within this episode has a lot of um, unrealistic representations of pack and play. Like I feel yes. like that is always happening that they just suddenly have the dick like inside their skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't crazy. find it to be realistic. No, those jeans are tight. Yeah. Shane's jeans are kind of baggy. But they're Are not they? baggy enough for a full erect dildo. I mean, erect dildo. Oh, I mean, <laughs> first of all, that's redundant. Second yeah. of all. But also, um, Carmen, I, if I were her, I would be like losing my shit about not, not even necessarily what Shane was doing, but just she's probably been up all night wondering what the fuck happened to her. Yeah, like she vanished. Yeah. I'm sure she wasn't like, hey, going to Sherry Jaffe's <laughs> see you in the morning. No, but she suspected it because the first thing out yeah. of her mouth is, did you fuck her? So yeah. she's yeah. been like, she's been seething all night. She's been totally stewing the whole night. What if Shane had come back and she was like, did you fuck her? And Shane was like, no, I was actually robbed at gunpoint <laughs> and like had to fight off my attackers. Yeah. I'm fine, by the way. Right. And then Carmen would have felt so bad. Yeah. JK, Shane's super predictable. Yeah. I do think that in that earlier pool scene, there is like another another instance of like Shane is already wearing the dick. Yeah. Poolside because Sherry Jaffe grabs it before they fuck. 
And it drives me crazy because I watched it as a teenager and I was like, great, this is going to be easy. Like, <laughs> like, I really feel like, Got it. and I thought this about a lot of things. I thought this about like those like clear retainers that go over your teeth. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to understand this and this is going to be easy and it's going to mm, make sense to me. And now, no, and now no. I'm a grown up and I'm like, this is not easy. You have yeah. to budget the time and the effort yes. to put this whole contraption on yeah then we cut to uh bed and tina's where they are um on separate sides of a very large bed there's a canyon between them there's, a canyon of misunderstanding oh my god wow wow <laughs> such a beautiful metaphor i'm sure they did that on purpose literally oh, yeah. certain yeah a hundred percent certain they were like sit as far away from each other as possible we'll then people will know we'll start with a wide shot that mm -hmm. shows you guys on opposite sides of the frame mm-hmm and uh, because this is Did You Fuck Them episode, uh, Bet would like to know if Tina has uh, fucked Daddy of Two. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. I love... I feel like they do this over and over again with visuals and with the script yeah. where they do, do this, like, doubling and you know that somebody is like, ooh, like, I did something really good here. <laughs> Someone was very proud of themselves at that moment. And good for them. Yeah. Good for them Absolutely. for that. Yeah. Uh, so, turns out Tina thought that Daddy of Two uh, pre-coming in her blonde pussy was going to temper her curiosity about men but it hasn't she is into josh becker oh also it's worth noting here that bet has a huge amount of library books which means bet is uh on a budget and, and also she's hiding behind them because she is yeah, secretly pregnant. little baby beals is hiding baby beals. the blanket pile yeah and the books yes and bet has heard her flirting yes she says you can't flirt like that unless someone is flirting back with you because she thinks tina's great right little does she know no one else likes tina <laughs> You know, except Josh. Josh is clearly interested. Yeah. From the previous episode. Right. Well, they both have the same favorite film. <laughs> Catch 22, mm -hmm. which is literally no one's favorite film. Correct. Then we go to Angus and Kit in bed. They've had um, sexual intercourse. Good for them. Angus loves Kit. Yes. He wakes up and tells her he loves her. <laughs> They've slept together once. Angus is like such a psycho lesbian in this whole series. Yes. I do agree with that. Yeah. I do agree with that. But I also think that like like the fact that like they've been having really good sex with each other is actually really good for a straight woman. Like I think that that is sometimes all they can expect <laughs> and all they can hope for. The bar is so low. It really is. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but I do like, I do see how she's like struggling here. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thinks that she loves him because she had orgasms. Right. Exactly. And many straight women cannot say that. Right. <laughs> Many Again, the bar is just mm -hmm. under the ground. Yeah. Um. He asks, He's like, "Oh, am I just your boy toy? Because I'm not that guy. I don't. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I think you should just be like excited to be allowed to be sharing the same air as Pam Greer slash Kit Porter, and you should yeah. shut your mouth. Probably but. Dallas Roberts was pretty excited. He was like, "I'm gonna have I'm sure he was. Pam Greer and the mm -hmm. Uh. Then we go to Alice's apartment. Where Janice from the uh, mysterious lesbian cleaning company that Helena hired to help Alice get over Dana, Dana, get her life back together, is there dusting or whatever. Um, Alice comes home from being with Uda the vampire all night. Hot to trot. Hot to trot. Two holes in her neck. Mm -hmm. Loving every minute of it. We love holes. <laughs> yeah, we do. And we love vampires. We, we, we love, love lesbian vampires. Oh my God. I love that. Like, to me, that doesn't totally make sense within the established universe of this world, mm -hmm. but it's just, like, the wish fulfillment of, like, yeah, and 
you can date a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like people were watching the show and they were like, is this what life is like in LA? And it's yeah. the answer is yes. Yeah, your dildo we, fits under your pants and we have and vampires. You can marry here. a vampire. Yeah. Wow. I mean, sleep with a vampire. Wow. You can truly do anything. Your dreams really can come true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. City they of can. dreams. That's City what they of call dreams. It. Because of the vampires in the pants. Uh huh. The um, vampire pants. The vampires in the pants. Like and hands and pants, but vampires and pants. Hands and pants. Hands and, and so, pants. Uh, Alice finally is ready to throw out the gigantic life-size Dana cardboard cutout. Which I think Sorry, is a foam shame. foam cord cutout. Because I think that there's incredible potential with that cutout yeah. for future jokes to be made about Dana. I, if I had a life-size cardboard cutout of a friend of mine, yeah. I would hold on to it forever because you never know when the moment for a good prank exactly. or bit is going to strike. Also, yeah. foam core not degradable. Mm-mm gonna stay forever that's not going not sustainable at all you might as well keep it in the back of your closet and wait for something funny to happen yeah wait for it to become a joke unfortunately that's not going to happen in this instance but Mm -mm. speaking of we cut to dana and lars which is when i noticed that dana's bedroom is ugly (laughs) because her art is like bad hotel art and i hated it and uh but it doesn't matter because she's getting out there it does it must this must be why we never see Dana's house like when she was dating Alice we they were only ever at Alice's house I think they didn't have the they forgot to budget for one more location set deck yeah I think is what happened I just I okay so having not totally watched this series and totally become acquainted with each of these characters Dana like to me just seems she's she's sort of like monoracial bat (laughs) <laughs> like I, I'm like why would I look at her when I could look at Bet instead right. like she seems like an extra character to me and I do that a lot uh, with TV shows like I used to think Chandler and Joey were the same person fair. on Friends which they're they're literally the same yeah. built the same silhouette yeah. yeah if you looked at that silhouette you'd be like that's the same guy same guy the very first time I saw the show and knowing nothing about it I thought that Dana and Bet were the same person for the first episode right so like I'm like what's Dana's which deal? is confusing except her that deal, she has cancer her deal is tennis okay uh-huh. being uh, funny she's funny she's biphobic but most of the characters many of on the them show are. very many of them are so that's oh, not even yeah. a unique trait no, no certainly not but um, she's the most actively because she's very against Alice's bisexuality from yes, the Alice jump. her ex uh-huh but and that's her best ex-best friend i thought that that was really insane too that that was such a thing in this episode and also beyond but particularly this episode because this one starts with her and her college boyfriend and it's like so you fucked men too oh i know like get over it like bet's like bet's whole biphobia ishness with tina oh do you think she's being biphobic i I think she's just being like this is like i find it very biphobic it's that she's like really like weirded out by the whole thing yeah. she's like how could you like have these feelings mm-hmm. about this man and, and also, it's like you had a boyfriend like you yeah. we saw your boyfriend what are you talking about we also know that like she can't get like too self-righteous about the idea of infidelity because mm-hmm. the reason their relationship is even on the rocks as it is is because she cheated on okay, Tina. Okay, but this whole mm. show is just rife with people cheating on each other and <laughs> yes. then coming back and being like, stop hurting me. Yeah. Like, it makes me feel <laughs> insane. Yeah, that's, that's interesting as a theme for a show. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is. So, it, so at so Dana's are, house, like Dana's packing for the hospital... Yeah, um, I wrote what a time for low rise jeans um, mm-hmm. because of Lara's low rise pants. Also, oh my god! 
You say it. I love, okay, what I noticed immediately about this scene is that Lara, you can see Lara's nipples through her yes. shirt. It's like a see-through shirt. And she's like packing Dana's cancer bag this whole time. And it's like, why are you making us look at her titties right in this moment? <laughs> this seems mildly inappropriate. Right I know, now. because that is the focal point of the scene. Yes, it I is what away. we're looking at. But like at the same time, they're trying to have this like intense conversation about mm -hmm. like, what if I die? It's like nobody's thinking about if you're going to die. They're thinking about thinking your girlfriend's about tits right babies. now. What if they did that on purpose to show just how sad Dana was at the prospect of her own mortality that she, she didn't even care notice. about boobs? I didn't notice. Wow. I noticed. I it's noticed. all I thought about in the scene because it was so like front and center of so many shots. I just thought about like why Dana, she's like, don't pack deodorant. And I'm like, you should bring, and then she's like, I'm going to smell like rot. So I hope you're ready for that. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. But she was saying that like, while I feel like that's standard for most well, relationships. Well, One day I'm going to smell like rot. So you better prepare yourself for that. Lara too, I find to be, she's like a tube she's of empty. dough to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just like a, yeah. a tube of biscuit dough. <laughs> Like, yeah, like they totally never really nice, character. Totally yeah, everyone nice loves brands. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah, they the character development for Lara was non existent. Yeah. Then we go to the planet where Jenny is still working allegedly as a waitress. Yes. And Billy is supervising her very closely as if yeah. she has never done this before, even though we have seen her be a server at other establishments. Yeah. Where she, I think, was also... Also terrible at her job because she yeah. kept taking personal meetings while on the clock. Yes. yes. This is sort of a pattern for Jenny. Yeah. I tell you what, they didn't let me do that at the Olive Garden. I had to be up and about. <laughs> yeah. I had to be up and about. Yeah. Because when you're here, you're family. Exactly. And family doesn't sit down. We walk around. We walk around. We yeah. usher people in different directions. Exactly. And... Then her publisher, like a publisher shows up. So like the mom of her roommate from the mental hospital shows yes. up. And her name uh, is Jan Martin. Jan Martin. From mm -hmm. Simon & Schuster. From Simon mm. & Schuster. Yeah. So Rhymes you know with Ann Martin, who Ooh. wrote the Babysitter's Club books, who is also lesbian. a lesbian. And went to Smith College, where I went. Ooh. Ooh. Perfect. Of course. Of course she did. Ann Martin went to smith yeah. and of course you went to smith. i did i did <laughs> so jenny's like oh i'm just gonna believe you could just cover for me for seven minutes i have to sit down with this with this uh important important, important woman and like who would not have scheduled a meeting like who this is insane like it's like a funny bit sort of but like because it's like oh like she's working but like it's about to be an author but it's also insane that somebody would have flown across the country First of all, you could have had this meeting over the phone easily. Mm -hmm. Then like flew across the country, did not actually schedule a meeting, somehow found out where you worked and showed up. Jan Martin is probably having an affair with someone at, in L.A. and wanted an excuse to come out. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is such generous thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I found this episode and perhaps the show in general to suffer from a lot of and then and then and then. Oh, yeah. And this just this whole, was an and then yeah. moment for me. I was yeah. like, and then <laughs> the publisher shows up. Yeah, uh -huh. she's at work because that's the set we have. Mm -hmm. We can add a little conflict with Alan coming, uh -huh. but otherwise, none of this makes sense. But mm -hmm. this is where it's happening. That's uh, the part as per, as per usual. The the so the so the publisher liked the book and wants to publish it. Next fall is the heavy hitters, which are she's just talking nonsense there. Yep. Again. Every single time that they compare Jenny to one of my favorite authors who's very talented, even though I love Jenny, I get very upset. Yes. And they did that again this time 
by com- not since bastard out of Carolina, at which point I blacked out and I was like, this is, in- this is unacceptable. Reese doesn't remember the rest of the episode cause she blacked out. Although point. I do remember she did say there's one part of this that was actually very authentic at the time, which was 2006. Cause I was working at a literary agency in 2006 mm-hmm. that at that time, no one was buying literary fiction. Everyone wanted memoirs. Yeah. Now it's now fiction is back. Yeah. But like I thought, I remember at the time I was like, yeah, that's, that tracks. That checks out. Yeah. yeah. That she basically wants Johnny to make the novel a memoir. A memoir. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting she mentions Bastard Out of Carolina because that book everyone thinks is Dorothy Allison's memoir, but technically it has been packaged and sold as a novel. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what else she said about Bastard Out of Carolina, but that's because well, you blacked out. None of this means anything to me because <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> oh. And here Just I like am. Jordan Catalano. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Just like Jordan Catalano. <laughs> Oh my god! So then she hands her like an envelope of cash and is like, "Here's your advance. yeah, her check." She's like, "Here's half your advance." Check, yeah. You you deliver. I assumed it was just all. Ones. You deliver half of the advance on signing. She has to get the contract and sign the contract first. We didn't see the rest of the scene. Just, she might have signed it right in the cafe. She instead screamed and ran around in a circle. Yes, I remembered that moment. I as vividly of her like. Cute. I'll be right back. And Wait. then screaming and jumping up and down. I mean, there's definitely a moment where she, where you can see Jenny's kind of like, "Wait, what? What do I have to?" I have to do what? Like, I like the color of Jenny's cardigan. It's nice purple. It's a beautiful, a beautiful shade of purple. Then we go to the hospital where they want Dana to put autograph her own breast with a sharpie, (laughs) right? Yes. And they play sad music, and it's sad. I love how intensely heavy-handed everything is. Mm -hmm. Like they go from like a a bright, beautiful, sunny cafe where she's getting the offer of her life, (laughs) and then they go to the hospital and everything's green. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like the green color of sickness. Yeah, of rot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The way Dana's stuff in the hospital is shot is really it looks insane. Everything looks looks completely insane. They keep switching around the midline. Oh, my God. There's a part. I actually think this is maybe a a hospital scene later in the episode, but it's a part where Dana's in the hospital bed and Laura's sitting by her side talking to her. Mm -hmm. And so they just keep they keep cutting from one to the other, but they're both facing in the same direction. (laughs) It looks insane. Like basic (laughs) rules that you learn in like freshman year film 101. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely flown to the wind. It's pure cinematographic anarchy (laughs) (laughs) just like we can do whatever we want they give dana a lot of these like pov shots Uh uh-huh which is like the one in her bedroom when she's when lara's like zooming out yeah that's that's like a weird moment you guys are both just looking at her nipples i guess but no i noticed that i didn't (laughs) notice that but i amongst the nipple moments they should have zoomed in on that yeah Instead of I know, just should, instead of zooming out from Laura, they should have just been zooming <laughs> closer and closer to the nipples. Nipple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then cut. One focal point. Speaking well, it's really of nipples. about point of view, and the point of view is the nipple. We go to uh, Shani Sharman's. Carmen has a few questions for um, Shane. Are you in love with her? Oh, pizza. No. <laughs> pizza, then birds. Are you in love with Pizza, then birds. That's what I always say. Uh, she says she's not in love with her. And I don't know that I believe her, but then sure. Shane's like, you were practically coming all over those two Def Jam guys, which like, come on. Which, okay. Mm, I mean, all right. I was under the impression from the episode that I listened to earlier that uh, the topic of Shane and whether or whatnot we like her yeah. is a thing on this show. And I do, I do think that um, Chingy, who was the guest on the episode I listened to, brought up a good point about where Shane's 
avoidancy issues come from. However, this whole episode or this whole part was just Shane just gaslighting and gaslighting and gaslighting Carmen. Yeah. Like that's this, crazy I think this to is be Shane's like Shane's worst like of all the I mean, if we don't count season six, which was a shit show. Yeah. I think this episode is the only episode where I like don't like Shane. I found but it to I'm be a, I'm a so horrible. It's at not least good, in this episode. This episode. So horrible. You were practically coming over those guys. You just slept with someone. Right. Like and three Carmen hours makes ago. the very valid point that she was hanging out with them for work. Right. Which, which is we what all we knew. Said yes. In the last episode. Yeah. That we did she was. About this. She had to be flirting like whatever to them because she, she was at work. Flirting with them. She also, was being a, a nice and person. she's a lesbian. Yeah. And also Shane was feeling suffocated by a monogamous relationship and she really wanted to fuck Sherry Jaffe and seeing Carmen with those guys was just the excuse that she decided to She's take like, it to made go me do it. sad. Yeah, like, that was Shane. so lame. Like, let's just all be honest and open about the fact that yeah. you are not able to be monogamous and that's fine. Just fucking mm-hmm. say it. Like, and then she's like, oh, you were so, so fucking sad that you had to go fuck Sherry Jaffe. Oh my what God. kind of psychotic response is that? And like, good question. The worst thing that Shane says in this fucking episode is, I'm just being sad. Yeah, it's it like, just made shut me sad. the fuck up. Shut like, up. you're, you, what are you being sad about? <laughs> what are you being sad about? Like, I mean, whatever. I get what Shane is being <laughs> sad about. But Carmen is not going to feel bad for you in this moment. No. She's no. sad. Yeah. She's sad, bitch. Yeah. You made her sad. And then there's this, like, quiet moment. And then she, Carmen's like, are you hungry? Yeah. And she sounds like she's being like very caring right. all of a sudden. And I feel like that switch is an authentic one that often with couples yeah. where like you'll be in the middle mm-hmm. of like a fight and like things are really tense. But then it's like you do have to then attend to like sort of the practicalities of the day or like the things that your relationship consists of besides fighting. Yeah. And that's like a moment where it's like you're sort of temporarily tender and kind to each other. And you think that's what's about to happen here, but it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> hilarious she takes a cold, a cold pizza box just, out of the fridge and then starts throwing it at her. at her yeah but i really think that the way that shane like earnestly thought yeah. that carmen was gonna like uh-huh. feed her in that moment i was like okay this is You're very nuts. this is very like brown femme white mask <laughs> dynamic mm-hmm. here toxic mm-hmm. white mask being mm-hmm. like now you're Good gonna call. feed me yep after i fucking cheated on you and carmen's like if that encounter was so meaningless that I should be allowed to fuck around with anyone I want to and also Shane which is, is horrified true. Shane Shane's is horrified at the horrified. Side, which surprised me because I feel like that's not typical for Shane no it shouldn't be like outside of this episode know about Shane yeah like she hasn't ever been and she hasn't been with other girlfriends like that like jealous or yeah. ever ever also I think it's inconsistent. I think they just need an excuse to make a sex scene, which I'm glad they did because that sex scene changed all of our lives for the better. But I think it's inconsistent with Shane's characterization throughout the rest of the series. Also, they end the scene on Shane's face looking horrified at Carmen saying that. And then we never address, Mm -mm. does Carmen want to be... Well, eventually she like, does, but well, yeah. But then in the ne- the next scene with the birds, it's like mm-hmm. she's like reading her fucking dictionary definition of monogamy. So yeah. it's like what? There's a lot of really weird, like non-monogamy adjacent stuff yeah. that happens, particularly in this episode, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm not sure exactly like what I'm supposed to be getting out of this. Yeah, it, the, right. the show doesn't seem to want to take any sort of real stance. Not that they need to, but. None of the characters seem to have any sort of really formed opinions on it. 
or awareness of non-monogamy as an option. Like it's something that they talk about, like in a, in a dire situation where everything's falling apart, that maybe we should talk about this now, but it's never talked about as something that people might actually choose to do from the jump or for reasons that were not like the result of a fight or a problem. It's talked about as if it's something that is not an option. Right. It's like a negative thing that, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you were saying, like results from someone like quote fucking up. Right. When it is a valid relationship option. Right. Anyway, very confusing. Then we go to Bettina's where Ben is just sitting at a table thinking about Josh Becker uh, next to a bowl of fruit to hide her pregnancy. Yeah. It's like there's a full it's like a full fruit bowl. Yeah. It's like a it's like three bananas. Like, yeah. Ten arrangement was delivered. Yeah. She's just sitting there and she's and then Tina walks in honestly looking somewhat attractive. Wait, is this for wait, 2006? Wait, but the is she tie. wearing no yeah. the red that r- crazy that tie candy looks like something that cute. like someone's dad who's maybe in the mob would wear. Right. That is not a cool tie. It looks like she's it wearing this crazy tie. candy striper button yeah. up uh-huh. and the red tie. I think she looks like a, like a foot rocket. <laughs> Like, it's completely bizarre. Every time she walks across in that episode, I'm like, is it Christmas? (laughs) Like, what is happening that we made this choice to put her in this outfit? It looks like Christmas. It looks like mall Santa attendant Mm -hmm. woman to make sure that the mall Santa is not up to anything weird. (laughs) I agree. I totally agree with that. If all of the red parts of her outfit were green, this is exactly what I had to wear when I worked at the Olive Garden in 2000. Exactly. She is. Um, they, they switched the, the shirts at, by two, uh, when I came back in 2001. They switched the shirts, but it was a green and white striped shirt with a green tie. Oh and God. so that's what you wore to meet uh, Simon and Schuster. It is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wore for all my meetings. Documentary filmmakers, Simon and Schuster, uh, fucking Josh Becker. That's what I that's what I had on. So Bet wants Tina to explore this Josh thing. OK, but, this but she might not be here when when. Yeah. When hmm. Tina's done exploring. Then we go to the hospital. Dana gets an IV. Mm-hmm. Lara says, I'll be here when you wake up, which is how you know she's not going to be and there she when she wakes up. she promises that everything's going to be fine. I'm just going to let you guys know that I completely stopped taking notes for these scenes <laughs> because I found them to be so boring and empty. Absolutely. Yeah. Also lacking is Tina. Um, we go to Tina's office. Nice segue. So Tina and Helena have scheduled a meeting with Dylan and Danny. They finally cast Danny. Yeah. He's also from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, he's a Cylon. So many Cylons. Did you watch Battlestar? I didn't. (laughs) Both shows were shooting in Vancouver at the same time. And so there are a billion characters Mm -hmm. on this show that are played by actors from Battlestar Galactica. I love that. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and three people in this episode are all from Battlestar and all were Cylons. Yeah. Which is amazing. Wait, was he? No, Sharon was. Wasn't she? Was she? I can't remember. There's no, I don't think she was. There's just two Cylons in this. The guys. The thing about the secret about this podcast is there's no spoilers in it for the L word, but there are plenty of spoilers in it for Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah, so they finally cast Danny. Really excited to see him. Helena comes in and forgets that she's met him before. I totally get that. (laughs) Because they hadn't cast him. Right, you'd be like, are you Joey Chandler? Exactly. No, I I, I do that all the time. Straight white man, I can't tell them apart. No, it's uh, embarrassing. Do you like, how do you feel about Helena? Okay, so I have heard from my friend who's watched more of this than (laughs) I have uh, that Helena was played as a totally different type of character earlier. Yeah, every season her character completely changes. Mm -hmm. Now I found her to be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she has an accent that makes her distinguishable from some (laughs) of the others. 
Oh, a brunette femme woman. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have so many of those. What drives me crazy about this, and I mean, maybe you guys want to say like factually what's going to happen in the episode, but what made me feel so crazy, specifically as somebody who did not watch the episode <laughs> before this, uh-huh. is that Dylan came in and I knew that from the recap that Dylan and Helena had hooked up and I was like, oh, okay, cool. This early 2000s butch cool she's like literally the archetype of an early 2000s white butch yes and, and she then was- she starts being like i'm straight yeah. <laughs> i was like what's happening such cognitive dissonance she's wearing a free city tank top the only fucking butch on the show <laughs> is the one who has the like um, i'm straight yeah this the i'm a confused heterosexual storylines so conv- her name is dylan <laughs> i was like how dare you i was so offended by that actually do you, do you know who the actress is I, I don't. Oh, well, get this. This is Alexander Hedison. She dated Ellen DeGeneres. My God. She is now married. Ready for this? To Jodie Foster. My God. <laughs> my God. I, know. I did not know that. Like, maybe Yo. the gayest person on the show. Yeah. Okay, so my question is, was it that, like, due to um, the climate of the time <laughs> that the only way they could get this clearly butch woman onto a lesbian tv show was to give her a straight storyline and to be like she's straight even though it's the most ridiculous thing anyone has I, ever heard in their life i think it was them but trying she, to be like subversive they I were know, like we're I gonna catch the most we're gonna cast the most butch actor we've had on the show and okay. then we're gonna be like i'm straight no yeah. offense to anybody and like not to like <laughs> lean into like no feminine visibility no but i was like anybody, this ever. makes no fucking sense yeah, when dylan and helena are having the conversation and helena with her like silk headband is like <laughs> is like how could you be straight i was like shut the fuck up there has never been a gayer per- woman in the world yeah than dylan and that's a free a gay brand tank top yeah free city tank top which i own that exact same fucking tank top <laughs> A, a cropped leather jacket. <laughs> Brown leather. Brown leather. Brown leather. She has that haircut that's like short hair, but the same length all the way around. <laughs> I just found it to be so offensive. And I, I just, was, I was I, offended. I just want to clarify, just to like establish myself, like I don't identify as butch and I, I never have. And I'm famously very uncoordinated and weak, <laughs> physically weak. This but is, you and Carly have this in common. I also... I've never identified as butch. Yo, it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's real. real. But like to non-butch see, invisibility. <laughs> to see this woman, the only butch woman on the show, be like, "I am straight. I cannot do this." Oh my god, it's so funny. It's so offensive to me. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like it's just like an impossibility. Mm-hmm. It hurts my that that, fucking that feelings. That someone that looks like that in 2006 uh-huh. is heterosexual. Dylan. Named <laughs> Dylan. Dylan, yeah. That is A such an filmmaker. early 2000s yeah. lesbian yeah. movie She's also name. Yeah. A white woman making a documentary about like community uh, marginalized communities yeah. yeah which is another classic lesbian or white movie. lesbian, white lesbian, lesbian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And that uh, to have to like watch Helena later be like have you ever fallen in love with a straight woman? I'm like, shut up! Oh, you got to know That's not happening. what happened. <laughs> First of all, you're not in love with her. And second of all, like she's gay. Everyone here thinks they're in love already. That's people just don't understand. Mean, like I mean, meeting someone who's hot, they don't know the difference. Yeah, they don't. But lesbians I, don't understand that. That's fair. right. That's true. And that's Angus fair. is a lesbian, also. Wait, so but so the the 
one of the things that basically the only thing that happens in this scene is that like Dylan wants to have final approval of the cut or whatever. Okay. And Tina's like, Wait. no, I should. I have, I have some comments here. All right. Dylan insists. Dylan and Danny are like, Dylan should have final cut over her film. My limited knowledge of the feature film world is that a filmmaker retaining final cut is extremely rare. Right. Um, Which is what Tina's saying. Yes. Every Tina is actually right. correct here mm-hmm. for once in her life. And although I don't really know the documentary world as well, that might be a little different. But the only filmmakers that get final cut of their over their films are like the people that are the biggest names, like a Scorsese or like someone like that gets a final yeah. cut. But yeah. the average filmmaker does not. Hello I, being awful here like to undermine tina like that in the meeting be like oh no it's fine with me because you have a crush on dylan come on yeah come on Get this is so meeting. unprofessional you can't do this i this blanked out the a... rest of the scene <laughs> yeah just in a rage <laughs> a butch rage <laughs> butch actor rage so we go to the planet billy tells max that he's the cutest boy he's ever seen uh-huh. and asks if he is doing hormones mm-hmm. doing hormones to do the hormones <laughs> have you, you do done weed, the hormones? you do hormones you do I alcohol. love doing hormones. You do hormones. Mm-hmm. What I um, find offensive about this scene is that at one point, Alan Cumming pulls out his hands and goes, rawr. Oh, the end of the scene is so weird. And that hurt <laughs> on the inside. I did not like that. I yeah. love Alan Cumming. I hated that moment. Then we go to this next scene, which is very fu- nonsensical, but funny. Yes, it is funny. Uh, but it makes... Carmen has found a dictionary that weighs twice as much as her. Who has... I guess in 2006, people had yeah, dictionaries. I would, I would still have a dictionary. Yeah. yeah. Or my grandmother would, and I'd be at her house. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, we're talking monogamy. Monogamy is common among birds. And then Carmen's wearing Ugg boots. And Shane's like, that's great because I love birds. Yeah, I wrote that down. That's great because I love birds. Yeah. Also, she's like funny. reading one page of the newspaper that she has very much folded up. Yeah. I also find birds to be an extremely broad generalization. <laughs> there fair. are a lot of different mm-hmm. kinds of birds. And I do mm-hmm. feel that at this point, I've heard enough heartbreaking stories about gay penguins that raise a child mm-hmm. together and then one leaves one for a different mm-hmm. penguin oh, that's uh, to believe that perhaps monogamy is not common among all birds. Wow. Huh. They should have had a bird consultant. They should have had a bird consultant. I think but it's it fucked like up to didn't. talk about birds like this without letting yeah, birds the tell their own and then story. the birds. Exactly. Yeah. And the bird community is upset. Carmen's like, do you get it? And Shane's like, it doesn't come naturally to me, but I will try. And then she's like, bird, Shane, I'm asking you to be as civilized as a goddamn fucking bird. I know. I don't so like how she can play. I don't like how she can play. Like conflating being civilized with being monogamous. <laughs> yeah, that's It's crazy. funny. And I remember at the time, like I loved the scene. It was really it was funny, funny and very entertaining, but also like that's such a dangerous and fucked up conflation like conflating what? civilized with being monogamous with being a bird yeah <laughs> like there are levels so many levels a, a lot of weird things happening here and then, then alice just shows up what i know it? she's that's just after, in oh, her house that's after she sprays shane with the fire extinguisher and this oh. incredible moment where carmen <laughs> sprays her with a fire extinguisher i love all the physical comedy here you know big fan but what what Right, she puts down the dictionary, <laughs> she picks up a fire extinguisher. She shakes a lesbian business, yeah. And then sprays her, and it definitely gets in her mouth. And I just, I've been in the presence <laughs> she, of a moment where we had to use a fire extinguisher, and that smell and that mm. texture, and that it's just awful, and it doesn't go away. And I feel, I weirdly felt very bad for Shane having, like, fire extinguisher, like, yeah. on her face. Anyway, Alice just is in their home. She's like, hey, weirdos. Yeah. I also wrote, hey, Which is cute because I I could be wrong, but I do think this is when we started using that as a term for each other. That's probably it's when from it this exact moment Thanks, in time. Show. Thanks, Show. Still using it to this day. Shows off her vampire bite. Is mildly concerned she might be one of the undead. 
But Carmen apparently is an expert on lesbian vampire goth cults and says that's what she's happening. been embraced. I know they just say that, and we're all like, "Great," and we move on. <laughs> we like, are you like sure that's? I think real. she's like there was a there's a whole like murder case around something like this that I thought maybe she's referring to, but I wasn't sure. It happened in Australia. Should we start a true crime podcast about? Yeah, that? we should. <clears throat> but a lesbian and cult. I, at some point, is it Shane who's like, "Do you know birds mate for life?" Uh, I think she, Carmen says. Mm-hmm. Carmen says it, I think. Maybe no. Oh, Alice is know. like, I had a million orgasms. It was the best sex of my life. Did you hear that, Shane? 9,000 orgasms. And Shane's like, that's fantastic, Alice. Shane looks so miserable. Yeah. My question is, is the whole purpose of this scene just to get to the part where Alice says, I'm going to go see Slater Kinney later. <laughs> like just the yes. fact that they're going to see so, Slater Kinney. Fun thing about this show, especially starting in this season when they started booking real musical guests to be at the planet as if that's where a band yeah. like Slater Kinney would play. Um, yeah, I've saw Slater Kitty at the Earth Cafe several times. <laughs> they, they order a latte, they hum yeah. a song. Yeah. Um, the thing is that they, there is a scene in every single episode where someone has an exposition moment about who is playing a show later that mm-hmm. night. Great. It happens constantly. I love that airtime. Yeah. <laughs> That's useful to so me. So your question, the answer to your question is yes, that is the entire purpose of this well, scene. Well, also I think to see Carmen Spray... Shane with a with fire extinguisher. Yeah. Because the pizza wasn't enough. And also pizza, I love yeah. birds. And all about the birds. Also I like, because Shane has obviously changed finally. And now she's dirty again. Yeah. So she's going to have to change again. Yeah. Then we go to the meeting at Shaolin that we already talked about. Yes. Um, about Helena undermining Tina. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to Shenny's. Mm-hmm. Shane is in the shower. Crying. Crying. Like that song. What song? Crying in the shower. Is that a song? That you just wrote? Mm. Is it on Spotify? And those might not be the words to it. Interesting. And Shane is I sad. Think might be singing in the shower are the words. <gasps> and different. <laughs> Similar. She Shane attempts to apologize and is like crying. And she's like, I can't, I made a mistake. I can't say it won't happen again. I'm a fuck up, not a liar. I'd rather be a fuck up than yeah, a liar. I'd rather be a fu- but I want to try. And you're the first person I've ever wanted to try and make that promise to. You're having this convo a little late. This yeah. whole shit makes me feel so crazy. Shane being yeah. like, I want to try. It's like, well, you're not trying very hard. <laughs> like, no. That was like six hours ago. We were mm-hmm. right there yeah. by the pool. We were yeah. all there. We've been we thinking about it. Ever since For a we saw it happen, <laughs> we replay it in our minds. And You're not trying at all. No, because it's like, okay, fine. If like Shane can't be monogamous, fine. Like, yeah. make that a thing about the character. Right. Shane right. Is that should poly. be the conversation. Like, I want to be with you. I can't be monogamous. It's yeah. just right. It and doesn't so come naturally to me. So I'm boundaries not around gonna. That. Yeah. Do, I'm not gonna try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It also made me have this weird kind of like knee jerk feeling of like, cause Carmen, like the minute Shane is like showing any vulnerability is crying and apologizes. Mm-hmm. Carmen immediately is like, great. Things are perfect now. She totally folds. And like, yeah, it, it, crying it, it felt like such I do a think like, this is the only time like, we ever Matt, see her like, boobs. Like though. boyish person oh. showing vulnerability mm. that like, it feels like a weird, it feels yeah, weird. I guess I'm Carmen in this scene. I'm Shane in this scene. I found Shane to be extremely Justin Bieber. <laughs> anytime I, cry I related ever, to this scene, I'm like, oh, you're I'm, crying. I need to protect you now. That's my relationship with Robin because I never <laughs> cry. So when I do, she gets really excited that I'm crying because I'm like actually showing emotion. Yeah. But I've also not used my tears to manipulate her. Right. right. I, oh, yeah. I've definitely had someone use their tears to manipulate me. And I've sure. had people 
accuse me of using my tears to manipulate them. But I'm like, but I don't want to cry. I'm trying to have a normal conversation with you and you're making me cry. Actually, you're hurting me. (laughs) I don't think I'm trying to manipulate you. I think you're making me cry. An honest emotional reaction. Right. Okay. So back to Peabody Shaolin. The meeting has ended. Dylan left her gloves at the shop counter. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she has Carol to go moment. back. Carol. Yeah. She, and that by that, I mean she left her jacket in Tina's mm-hmm. office. And yeah. so Helena goes back in there with her. And then they have this ridiculous conversation where Helena tries to convince Helena. I mean, sorry, where Dylan tries to convince Helena and the audience that she is a straight person. Yeah. She's like, I'm straight. It's never going to happen again. And Helena's like, it's very. It's it was, never happened before. And it'll never happen yeah, again. Sure. It's like, okay. You're going to have sex. Yeah. Immediately. Um, Helen is so like naive, like her earnestness about Dylan is, I mean, it's true. This is, I mean, I guess her personality changes every season, but she's acting very different towards Dylan. Like she's very like, this is real. Like this is going to happen. Why can't it happen? Not Dylan's like, because I'm with with Danny and I'm straight. Yeah. Previous season. It's so bizarre, but yeah, she's very, then she's, then Dylan says that she gets very open and vulnerable when she talks about her work Hmm. and that's why they hooked up, which is kind of implying that Helena took advantage of her. She also says that I'm straight. So I, if you don't, do you not want to support my project because of how straight I am, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of like weird undercurrents happening in the scene that I don't like at all. Then we go to the hospital. The doctor can't tell Lara anything because she's not family. And Dana is not doing very well He's after like, all. You should call her parents. That's a good sign. So instead she calls Alice who's at home wearing the weirdest jeans I've ever seen. <laughs> They're not good. They're huge. Yeah, it's not not good pants. They're like a a building sized pants. I don't I don't think she was wearing them before. Was she with Shane and Carmen? She I thought she was, no. Really? The top half of her oh, outfit God, was the same, was right? The so like little bad. like yeah. pan collar and the thing. I Alice only is- remember that Alice in and out has really weird pigtails. <laughs> Also that. Alice is like on the phone with Uda and Lara calls on the other line. And I, of course, um, started crying again because I was sad. Thinking about Lara telling Alice that Dana was really sick. Oh, I had no emotional reaction to any of this. (laughs) And I was like, Alice is finding out for the first time that like her best friend is dying. And then we cut to the hospital and the silence show up and they were like, (laughs) and they're like, Lara, you, you can go home now. And that was mean. And that it was really mean. It was really Sharon's mean. Sharon's super dismissive of her. Yeah. And then they go in and she's like, where's Lara? And they're like, oh, she went home. And she's like, what? They're like, it's fine. We're here. And then her parents are just like, they have no idea that she was in the hot. Like she, they have Mm-mm. no idea anything. She, they didn't tell, she didn't tell them anything. And then the doctor says that her cancer has metastasized and is spread to her lymph nodes. Right. Which is bad. That's bad. Then we go back to Shaolin where Tina's like, you undermine me and that's bad. And Helena's like, okay, sorry. Also, Helena has like a jar of marbles or something that she's playing with this whole time. I was so confused. She has like a little bowl of stuff. Did you notice that? <laughs> At first I thought it was like a snack she was I eating. Know. I was like, that's no, I don't, I don't think we ever see Helena eat. No, she's never eaten. She set up that beautiful display you, of sushi you, that one Jess, time. Jess, are you like, I don't have any notes on this? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have any notes on the marbles. <laughs> um, so she's like, can I ask you something? Have you ever fallen in love with a straight woman? And Tina's <laughs> like, like, I am the straight woman. Yeah, she's like, I was straight until I met Bat. And also, I absolutely cannot believe that Helena's never been into a straight woman before. No. Right. That's so in- unrealistic. Well, she likes <laughs> she likes straight women, but only straight butches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
There's only a handful of them. Yeah, Sue Sylvester They're out there. and they are out there. I just thought the scene was written so like crazy. Like the yeah. part where Tina is like, where she's like, we, I mean, straight women yeah. don't want. It's like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. She's Why do like, you make her say that? We have all these ideas about how our life is going to be. And then, you know, they're like straight women just aren't willing to change but she's all of also that. still wearing that crazy candy striper shirt <laughs> yes, so i can't take anything she's saying seriously anyway. and i'm like is this a heterosexual woman or just someone who's escaped from santa's workshop right <laughs> right and then Helena says isn't love just love which oh god right. here oh, we go right. and then tina's like no it isn't <laughs> <laughs> i was like thank you and honestly the craziest part of the scene is that uh-huh dylan just opens the door and walks in where is an assistant? No one would have ever let this happen. Mm -hmm. Also, the meeting was in Tina's office and this is Helena's office. So how does she even know where this room is? Sorry, just going to get no, logical. It's Helena's office because those are her marbles. No, I know. But the meeting was in Tina's oh, office because right. she had the terrible posters. Yes, that's true. They, so, there's something about Lola poster for their, uh, the like Frankie like clear internet the moon. poster or whatever. Uh, anyway, so I thought that was ridiculous. But um, Tina does tell Helena to let it go. She does. Let She's like, go, let it like go. Nothing song. good has ever come of that's this, which is a weird thing to say as yeah. you because she's also kind of centering herself in the narrative of like yeah. being quote the straight lady yeah as so my therapist says I, nothing is really about you everything is about the other person mm -hmm. you know and i'm like no it's not i it's literally wrote yourself. down no woman who looks like dylan has ever been straight end of story in right this scene. and because coincidentally because dylan comes in and they tina leaves and then mm -hmm. they start moving close together and then yeah. breathing at each other's mouths very intensely for like 45 minutes to an hour okay i will say i was impressed um that i found uh the sex scenes to be really hot in like all of this i was mm -hmm. like oh they really did this because that was one of my big critiques of gen q was that i was like the sex scenes are really boring and weird and i don't care about them mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm like weirdly not turned on by this <laughs> and i'm easy it's easy <laughs> to do this to me <laughs> um but i found there to be a particular reference for the subject matter <laughs> in the original L word and particularly in this episode and most particularly, as I have mentioned very many times in the sex scene right before this episode. <laughs> exactly. I like them breathing at each other for they a really at each other. long time. They, they, they kind of reenact like a lesbian movie poster mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah, and when they, the mouth's really close to each they other. They go at it. And then I love they go for it on the couch. a long time. Yeah. So they're going to bang, I guess. I think this is, yeah, this is Helena's office. And then That's we go to the hospital. Where Alice is still wearing those pants. Um, and, and then the she and Laura ask Dana's parents what is going on. Yeah. And they're like, you should go home. Her cancer spread. She needs to rest. And then Alice sticks up for Laura, mm -hmm. who is unable to do this herself. Which yeah. I honestly think Laura that, looks completely like just numb as hell. Like yeah. she has no feelings because she's been like emotionally destroyed. Right. Like this she doesn't is, look like she can talk even. No, which I feel like tracks the way that this yeah, storyline is sure. Presented. Um, Alice is like, Dana needs her right now. I'm sorry. Like, she loves her and she needs her. And then they just burst in. Yeah. And then I was crying. This is when I cried the most. I mean, this is a really. I mean, teared up. When I say crying, yeah. I mean teared up because I don't actually let myself cry. Was, I feel like this puffy. was well acted by the three of them. I thought so too. Like, especially the Alice and Dana parts of it. Yeah. Because then Lara's like, Alice is here too. And like, obviously, Dana and Alice are at a bad spot in their relationship. Yeah. But she's like, looks at her and is like, come here. And pulls her over because, you know, when you're dying, love is love. That's when love is love. Not when you're falling for a straight butch woman. No, that's when love is love. And then they hold hands 
And everyone's so sad. Indeed. Then we go to bet carrying groceries the way that only happens in a TV show where it's a brown paper bag with one baguette sticking out of it. <laughs> and some lettuce. And so a head of lettuce. Um, so hey. good job there, prop department. Yeah, show us to know if Tina's fucked any dudes today. <laughs> That's all she wants to talk yeah. about. She's like, episode. how was your day? Well, hell in this meeting. No, did you fuck any dudes she's, today? She's also like, I was wondering, because I all I do is meditate and think about you, you and men. I was just wondering if maybe this attraction to men is hormonal. And then, like, Tina is That's so exhausted what? with her at this point, and so am I. She's like, I only dated men before I met you. And then the classic line, so what was I? Some kind of eight and a half year aberration. See, I can't take that. They just escalate and escalate. <laughs> it's just, I'm exhausted with this. Then we go into the house and where Angus and Kit are making out. Yeah. And Bat is so mad and Tina is so entertained. Yeah. Tina's entertained. Oh Bat is God, super I judgy. Tina this and episode. It's I know, so weird. It's so weird. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they're and they're she's both like, all like disheveled. Yeah, but every time Angus talks, though, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't like when he opens his mouth. They mention like the out of all the men in Los Angeles, you have to go after our nanny. And Angus like, no, she did not go after like, me. I pursued, I pursued her, her relentlessly so because she's right. so wonderful. I was fucking relentless. <laughs> that line is insane. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're like we need to set some ground rules like they're like no sex in front of the baby which is like, like fucking of course yeah like, right Jesus Christ, yeah we're not, and, but then they say no sex in, in our bed and then they just look at each other which is like you guys there's a lot of intense boundary Ew. violation happening <laughs> yeah. all over the place. over and over and over don't have sex in someone else's bed yeah i don't think it matters who you that. are yeah Fuck that shit yeah you shouldn't and then they're like go change the sheets and i i didn't remember this part obviously because who cares about angus and kit but i really thought that they were going to say, oh, we like we did or whatever, because that's I would think. Well, maybe maybe nobody's coming at all if they have been fucking in the bed and no one has noticed. That's true. Because <laughs> I'm just saying. But are they going like under the are they getting into the sheets of their bed and having sex there? Yeah, it's they did not give us enough information about what's really going on. Well, I still think if someone was coming all over my comforter, I would notice. <laughs> and it wasn't so. me. That would be worse. I, I would like, rather have, because you can wash sheets, babe, but comforters is more of a. Babe, is this your cum? <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> I know. Whose who's cum, who's cum is this? <laughs> Excuse me, whose cum is this? <laughs> like looking around. Uh, so that's gross. Then we go to the planet where mm -hmm. Slater Kinney is performing because, yeah. of course, they are. Canada's finest extras have arrived for this. There is some. <laughs> 2006 lesbian hair. <laughs> truly, yeah. truly. Some the purple mohawk the person yes. right in the front. Like they oh. were like, just, you know, everybody's just going to blend into the crowd. Like just yep. go ahead and stand right in the front. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they, I feel like there's more than three people wearing like a white shirt with a slightly loosened tie and like, yeah. and where you can still see because their jeans are so low, like a little cut of skin right here, you yeah. know, where the shirt goes up. I think I saw at least one cowboy hat. Yeah. There's absolutely a front and center cowboy hat. Okay. Yeah, I saw that too. Which is, I think, also illegal. You can't go to the front row you of a concert be in the front and wear a row cowboy hat. Standing room only and have a giant hat on. They're uh, playing Ageless Beauty by Stars. Yeah. Uh, Jenny is like, we're celebrating because of her book deal. And Carmen says to Max, that's got to be great for you, having a girlfriend with some money, which is, Carmen, stop it. Carmen's Carmen, so mean to Max all the this. time. And Max's like, I'm going to have my own money soon. And she's literally like, sure you will. Like, yeah. It's very dismissive and gross. So I have a question, a clarifying question mm -hmm. about all of this. Yes. Is mm -hmm. So is Max like not out to those other people? No. Okay. So At this point, they're all still, there. like he's still, we call him Max because we know. 
on the show. On the show, everyone thinks Moira. It's Moira Alan Cumming. Except for Alan Cumming, who is because he is trans star. Trans star. Perfect. Yes. Uh huh. Trandar. Trandar. Alan Cumming just knows people who are trans. Transgender. Other transgender. Okay, that's actually pretty good. That's yeah. No, that you nailed it. Thank you. The third try. I feel like Alan Cumming's character knows trans people on the mm-hmm. show and it's clearly no one else has ever met a trans person so mm-hmm. they're all just idiots and also super transphobic right although yeah, billy does we, make a lot of assumptions but i guess max kind of true. goes with them yeah max seems to be fine with them i don't know everything's very strange they just think that max is like butch a butch yeah, lesbian like, this is Jenny's who likes friend. to like cross dress i mean something. they again have clearly no sense of who's a butch lesbian on this show <laughs> and who isn't that's always been a problem. It this, sure has, this, yeah. This bunch. Um, Give it up so, for Slater Kinney. Yeah. Kit introduces Slater Kinney. She says, these sisters are bad to the bone. Well, they are. They play Jumpers, which is a song about people committing suicide, jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Cool. Which is intercut. Oh, yeah. The, group the coldest out. summer I ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> and it's intercut with the group all finding out that Dana is sick. Right. Well, first, Billy finds Max and takes him to the back room because... Max wants to talk about shooting up hormones. Shooting up hormones. And um, Billy's like, you want to know how Max can fully become Max? And then reaches out and feels his... Um, Again, <laughs> dick in the pants really conveniently. Yeah. And those are definitely tight pants. Yeah, for sure. Pants. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have to say, okay, so I'm coming in with this with the context of knowing that there was a trans guy character named Max and that he was handled poorly right. by the show. So I knew that. But I was really um, actually very pleasantly surprised to find that there was like gay trans guy stuff on this show. I never mm-hmm. expected that. Yeah. And that these gay trans guy moments are affirming to the trans character mm-hmm. and not about him like not having something. Right. Which yeah. I feel like comes up a lot in a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Like transparent, I thought in the first mm-hmm. season had a total thing about a trans guy lacking. Like, and right. I, yeah, I was really surprised to find that they had these gay interactions mm-hmm. that were good for him and like contrasted with like the lesbians being so horrible to him all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, so Jenny walks in on them, mm-hmm. like cooking up, and I thought she, she handled it pretty she, well. Considering where she started in this season dealing yeah. with this, she's handled it really well. She's like, it's okay, don't hide. Yeah, and she yeah she didn't she didn't like get mad. No, um, she just was like, let's like just was like, is this what you want? What you want? Yeah. And then Max is like, well, he made me feel like a real guy, and I think that's when Jenny like sort of. I mean, it doesn't seem like she really knows what trans guys are, but yeah, it starts. It's, she knows that there's something that was like that Max was going to Billy for, and yeah. so it seems like she's willing to like work on that with him Mm -hmm. i found that to be the one piece of like very convincing acting in this episode (laughs) is there's a part that's like a close shot on jenny's face while she's like looking from billy to max and i was like this is good acting Mm -hmm. emmy for me and i don't i don't think there's been a lot of that up till then yeah Yeah. that's fair yeah i thought me like mia's great yeah she's always great and Oh, right, because she walks in on him yeah. getting a blowjob from Billy. It is very funny when, like, Max leaves the room after the conversation and she just sort of, like, stares Billy down and yeah. then turns and leaves, which I thought was so funny. I love that also, yeah. I did think it was oh. funny that she was, like, that she's, like, great, don't hide. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, also, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah. and then we get back at the concert. Alice is calling. Shane's like, "Where are you? Why aren't you here? Listen to the concert." Why are you so here? Slater Kinney, they're great. Slater Kinney, listen to the Slater Kinney. Yeah, holds up her little Samsung, and then <laughs> she goes and like ducks down by the bar to get the call, and then you can see that she's hearing about Dana. Yeah, and then she like gets up, and then everybody's gathered around, and Carmen doesn't know why Shane's upset. But now that Carmen has immediately forgiven Shane for everything that has happened, uh-huh. um, she's comforting Shane, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't know what happened. Mm-mm. And then we go to the hospital. And the entire cast is in for the a, Back to the for green bit, hospital. For the grand finale of the episode. A Alice, joyous hospital scene. Alice comes out and is like, she's sick. She didn't tell us. Do you want to see her? They all go in. It reminded me of the scene where Tina had the baby, where they're all around oh, the... Yeah, that's true. It reminded me of the scene in the office when oh, God. Um, Michael hits <laughs> Meredith with his car, and then and then the entire office goes to visit uh-huh. her, and she's like, they're like, we came to visit you, and she's like, wow, all at once, because there's like 14 people in the room. Yeah, there's sad string music, sad lighting, everyone's crying. Bet decides to be the one of the group I to come handle forward this. It was too corny. and like hold her hand and tell her, tells Dana. You and know then, that, right? Yeah, and then she's like, you do? And then she's scared. And then she doesn't have cancer anymore. Yeah. It's just like, Bet was never that close with Dana. Why would she be doing that? It's well, just, Bet is Dana. See, but see, they had oh. to have that scene so that I, Jess, Tom, would know that they were two different people. <laughs> <laughs> were you like, wait, is some, is like Dana's body like left her body and is talking to her? <laughs> I'm she's like, a ghost. Oh, <laughs> they're oh, different people. Suddenly, suddenly, this makes sense to me. The like, yeah, the brunette blonde couple is uh, very illegible to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, God, that's so crazy. Anyway, that's the episode. That's the episode. So, yeah. how do we feel about this episode? Do we like it? No. I don't love it. Jess? I thought that the uh, breathing in each other's faces for 45 seconds was pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but otherwise, I can't say I particularly cared for it. Mm. I liked that Shane was wearing 17 wallet chains as mm. a former wallet chain person um, uh-huh. in the late 90s. I appreciated that. Maybe that was to distract from the giant dildo in her pants. Maybe. Or it was to make a lot of noise when she was walking into the house. Yeah. Um. Anything you saw differently this time watching the episode that you didn't feel or see the first time? Has your opinion changed? I remember the first time I watched it being like, wait, what the fuck is going on with Dana? Mm. Oh, like, why is this happening so fast? Yeah. Well, I think that is unrealistic, right? Hasn't that been said it was unrealistic? I don't, I feel like it's unrealistic, but I am not as intimately knowledgeable of cancer as maybe other people. So I don't want to say, but. It does feel like it feels it feels fucking crazy. Yeah, I was more like, oh, there's Carrie Brownstein than the first time I saw this one. To be honest, I probably didn't know who she was. Oh, <laughs> the first time I saw this one, I was fucking stoked because yeah, I was I obsessed with Slater Kinney. So I on here I wrote Life Size, aka the one with Slater Kinney. <laughs> Another Friends reference. How they named their episodes. Anyway, I'm an idiot. So um, I don't think. I don't know. I think that this episode was uh, mostly like weird and sad. It feels like a lot of filler. It feels like a lot of like getting us along to somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I really understood like dildo blowjobs when I first watched this. I don't know that I understood that either necessarily. Well, I I mean, I don't. I guess what Max probably has like a packer, right? I guess. 
again, the market for pack and play <laughs> dildos that really actually operate that way is in very slim. <laughs> right, in 2006, mm. um, before we had all the indie dildo companies. Um, I, I was just, I was really impressed and surprised that that happened. I was like, okay, cool. We're getting a blowjob and we're like not even gonna talk about it yeah like or at least we're not gonna talk about it in a way where it's like when i suck a real dick it's <laughs> yeah. different like God, yeah which they totally could have done oh they yeah. could have that would yeah. and it would have fit the tone of the show yeah yeah um, proud of them for not doing that yeah this is one of like three trans affirming scenes i think Ever in the whole series the yeah Whew. so you know it's like a whatever episode i don't love it no but i like, appreciate I mean, like Slater all Kenny of season three show. except for the episode before this one it was not good. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I noticed Alice's pants the first time. They're really bad. Yeah. They're bad. I liked when Shane goes, that's great. I love birds. That's funny. <laughs> when Alice is like, hey, weirdos. That's yeah. funny. Uh-huh. Um, that's it. Uh-huh. I will say that as, as a non-watcher of the show, having watched this episode, we did like immediately watch the episode afterwards too. And I was like, Oh, I totally get how this is like so campy and bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like it does make me want to keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. There's something extremely watchable about the original series in a way that I can't entirely put my finger on. It's like, weird. There's, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. It's, it's campy. campy. It's so high camp it, in yeah, a way that so like heightened that, you know, they didn't do on purpose. Hey guys. So here's what happened next when we were recording this podcast episode. Our SD card filled up and there was no more space on it to finish recording the episode. And I couldn't, you know what? We had technical problems. We had some technical problems. Uh-huh. There were technical issues. Some technical issues happened. And so we were not able to finish. We were not. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was a really great episode. It was so great to have Jess here. It was. Um, it's unfortunate that we, we had technical issues, but mm -hmm. you know what? We're, we're doing what we can. Yeah. We're making it work. <laughs> yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, Auto Win on Twitter and Instagram. Autostraddle also same. And then also uh, to Ellen Back, we have an Instagram and we have a Twitter. We also have an email address if you need to talk to us. 2lnbackcast at gmail.com. We also also have a hotline which is 971-217-6130. You can call us and leave a message and maybe you'll hear it one day on the show. And you can go to store.autostraddle.com to pick up to Ellen Back stickers, to Ellen Back t-shirts, Bet Porter 2020 t-shirts, and all kinds of other queer stuff that helps support Autostraddle and this podcast. Jess Tom, who is an amazing, talented, wonderful comedian. Uh, you can find them at JessTom.com or JessTom on Twitter or JessTheKid on Instagram. That's Jess with one S. Mm -hmm. um, thank one. you. Just thank you. One. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this episode, Jess. We adore you. Um, you are wonderful and funny. Yes. Um, what a treat. It was a treat, wasn't it? It was a treat. Our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And all of the production, editing, mixing for the show is done by Lauren Klein. We won't do L words this week because they're already difficult enough for me to do all the time as it is. And my Jess L word is, is lament because I am lamenting. Oh, my L words also <laughs> lament. Um, actually, it's so weird that you <laughs> just said that. You like took the words right out of my mouth. Because uh, I'm lamenting that we weren't able to finish yeah. recording properly. But yep. I think that hopefully everyone will forgive us and we can still have a good relationship. I hope so. I hope we can all bounce back from this and, and keep going. I think we will. I think so, too. And can't wait for next week when the mm -hmm. uh, episode next week, I think, is 
almost as bad, if not worse, than the one we did this week. Sure is. So look forward to that. Bye. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that.